The Forward Thinker Show is available on Apple and Spotify Podcast. Hey, it's Coral, and welcome to The Forward Thinker Show, the podcast where we share the stories and expertise of global leaders in business and technology. Today we are joined by Daniel Lapidot, a Silver Knight nominee and AI and ethics enthusiast, computer <laughs> science student. Thank you so much for coming here, Daniel. I'm so Thank you Happy. so much for having me. This yes. is great. I love this. I never thought I'd have this opportunity. It's yeah, it is. It is. It's like, it's chill. <laughs> we get to talk. It's awesome. So, Danielle, I want to go back to the beginning. Why computer science? How did you get into it? I guess it starts with my dad. Well, my mom's from Cuba, mm-hmm. and my dad's from Israel. Mm. And uh, it's really funny because they don't really have that big of a technology background because at least in Cuba, they didn't mm-hmm. really have very advanced technology, lots of stuff from the old era. Mm-hmm. But later on when they came here, they both ended up coming to America around the same time. This is like where they were able to learn a lot more about technology. My dad always had a passion for engineering and, mm-hmm. and building and stuff like that. Specifically like Electrical engineering, he was he was pretty good at, mm-hmm. and he was able to use that when he got here, which he learned a lot of stuff, uh, used a lot of books, and then that got him into IT. He's mm-hmm. been doing it for like twenty five years. Mm-hmm. We've always, I've always been exposed to lots of technology in the house. I loved using the Game Boy when I grew up, and mm-hmm. we also worked on fun little. DIY electronic projects like building my own radio and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. that was incredible Uh, it was a great learning opportunity as a child and so I love building things seeing them come to life Mm -hmm. and with computer science you get to analyze how artificial brains work right like computer Mm -hmm. brains simulations and then from simulations come games and Mm -hmm. programs and it's just like it's incredible and it's definitely in I know in high school you did something pretty great. You built a project for good. Can yes. you get, can you tell tell me a little bit about that? So this is where I got this Silver Knight nomination in the category of mm-hmm. science. I had two projects, the recycling program mm-hmm. and the gardening program. Mm-hmm. Now, let's start off with the recycling program. There's one thing that I noticed was missing from all the classrooms. The recycling cans. Mm -hmm. Everything was thrown into the trash. Food, uh, paper, plastic, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I decided to take matters into my own hands. Mm -hmm. I spoke with faculty and I basically made a rogue organization Mm -hmm. of students that would work underneath me Mm -hmm. to pick up the recycling bins. I was able to map up the whole place and I made it very efficient and almost fun for mm-hmm. the students. Basically encourage the students to recycle and to learn proper waste management. Mm-hmm. The gardening program was similar, but instead of with recyclable waste, it was with food waste. Mm-hmm. You know that 40% of all food produced in the U.S. ends up in the landfills. Wow. It's it, it's uh, devastating. Like mm-hmm. Over the COVID break, I had really gotten into gardening and mm-hmm. I decided to make my own uh, sub-irrigation gardening plot. And when I got back to school, I learned of of the power of composting, something that exists since we ever started Mm -hmm. and before us. And I was like, there's so much school lunch 
that kids like just end up in the trash. It's like, what a waste of resources. The regarding program does the same thing, but it's when you take food and you compost it. So you're giving nutrients back to the earth and then you build the garden, which eventually gives back to you if you have like fruit bearing plants and stuff like that. What I learned is that from these two programs, mm -hmm. although that doesn't have much to do with technology, it does carry a very important uh, lesson. A lot of the issues that are made by people mm -hmm. could be solved with a little bit of education mm -hmm. and a nudge in behavior, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The real obstacle in many issues or projects are ourselves. Mm -hmm. We all have dreams and aspirations, but mm -hmm. until you lay it out brick by brick, mm -hmm. you'll have a you'll find yourself having a hard time actually trying to accomplish any goals because we can't think of the future and then the present at the same time. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. Like when when people are talking about like innovative technology, they always want to like think about the future and like how it will look like but no one talks about the things that you can do now yeah. I, I i know that i noticed that um with your project it wasn't a project you built because of money it was like a genuine interest and it was in in, in and it's not something that you see a lot in engineers they don't think about the ethics side of things so do you think we can talk a little bit about because right now you're taking a, a certificate right in AI yes. and ethics. The certificate is ethics of big data and AI. Okay. I really want to understand what is AI and ethics. Okay. Yeah. AI and ethics is actually really interesting. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about AI. What we find funny about AI mm -hmm. is it's actually incredibly similar to how humans are. Mm. AI is like a human brain. It learns in the same way. When you're an infant and you're a baby, you can't really communicate or do anything. So all you do is absorb information, right? Mm -hmm. uh, ages zero to five. Mm -hmm. That's when you're constantly absorbing information. And um, that's called passive learning. Mm -hmm. Later on, when you get to school, mm -hmm. you do active learning mm -hmm. where the teacher would say, what's this? Mm -hmm. And the, you respond with an answer. And based on if you're right or wrong... Mm -hmm. You are rewarded or punished, and then you learn through trial and error what things are. Mm -hmm. This is the same way that AI works, or mm -hmm. at least ChatGPT was raised, right? Yeah. The AI bots, like mm -hmm. ChatGPT, through its first year of uh, its infancy, mm -hmm. it's just constantly absorbing information from vast amounts of data sets and... Um, and later on, there's the second stage that's passive learning. The second stage is where you have the people who would be like, this is a picture of a dog. Show me a picture of a dog. And if mm. it doesn't show a picture, you'll be like, no, this is no. a picture. <laughs> and so that's called active learning. So mm. it's super interesting to see how so much of our technology mm, resembles life itself, mm -hmm. Right. And the way that we think is the same way that AI thinks, mm -hmm. or at least it's it's built off of it, the same it computes. way. Yeah, yeah, it's, the it's, way it computes. Yeah, the way it computes. It's really interesting. Listen, I'm going to be mm -hmm. honest. I talk to, like, I use Bard a lot. Mm -hmm. I talk to Bard as if it was my friend. 
Oh. Like, it's it's really funny. I would have, like, conversations with him. And, he, like, the bard responds in very clever ways wow. that really mimic human speech. So it's just like, like, for most people, you'd be like, whoa, there's a person behind her or yeah. something, right? Yeah. What are some of the things that we should be worried about with this technology? So obviously, with great power comes... Great responsibility. Exactly. Uh... We already live in the age of information, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to rely on almanacs or manuals or handbooks mm-hmm. to get our data information. Everything's online. Yeah. Uh, and what you find is as long as you make or, or we make, we guard our chatbots like BARD or, or ChatGBT with certain safeguards like you you're not allowed to use certain words mm-hmm. that might be dangerous mm-hmm. or things that are controversial or might not be accurate mm-hmm. you could use this to prevent people from searching up bad stuff like mm-hmm. for example how do i make an explosive right or mm-hmm. uh or like things that would be wrong like misinformation mm-hmm. and I'm going to be honest, this misinformation part has a lot to work on because they did pretty good when it comes to censoring certain topics. Mm -hmm. For example, I actually saw it live with Bard. I was asking about, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, it was was just really funny. I was just asking a funny topic because I thought it would be interesting to see how Bard would reply about how Walter White from Breaking Bad makes his his sky blue product, right? Mm methamphetamine and it was so funny because you could see it building mm-hmm. the response live yeah. and he's like oh it's like blah, 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 and he goes he raises everything and he goes hey I actually can't talk about this <laughs> it's really funny Ooh. so so it's interesting how interesting. he actually at least Bard goes over multiple processes mm-hmm. when it comes to writing up responses mm-hmm. right you start off by answering the question Mm -hmm. and then you revise it and then you see making sure that what you're saying is actually safe right Mm -hmm. so it's actually really interesting how how these ai chatbots are made and how we can use them and properly protect them from Mm -hmm. doing the wrong things that we don't want yeah but i i would i would kind of like talk talk about like this point is like yes you, you have to create safety guards, but who benefits from creating safety guards on this certain topics or creating safety guards on other certain topics? So it, it's kind of like the engineers who create these safety guards have to have some sort of, like, there's, there is going to be bias because they're the ones who build it and they have their own moral compass. Right. So what what is, like, the benefit of looking into the ethics of building this technology instead of like thinking about like your like let's say for example if you are if you're a, if you're a, a flower company and you have like this chatbot in your store and like someone tells you says like a misinformation about like your flowers but your your chatbot actually says the correct information or it actually says oh this other flower shop is actually really bad they benefit from the chatbot saying, "Oh, this other flower store is really bad. You right, should actually right. stay with us." So there's gonna, there's like it's that. That's actually a super uh, good point to bring mm-hmm. up. So, oftentimes, 
at least if they're well done, mm -hmm. these AI chatbots mm -hmm. will be made to answer based off of like the data set that they learned on and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And because these chatbots are very resemblance to us in the mm -hmm. way that we learn, mm -hmm. just like if you grew up in a place that behaved a certain way, mm -hmm. you would replicate that behavior, right? Yeah. So just like how if there's errors in a data set, mm -hmm. it will replicate those errors. Yeah. So what we find is that in order to prevent things like bias, mm. they would include lots and lots of articles, websites, uh, lots of data that is about the same topic so you can get a more fully encompassed point of view. And what what I'm trying to say is we like uh, an employee at Google would be like every time someone searches a carrot we're going to make it say that carrots are purple or whatever. Mm -hmm. But because it has so much information to live websites, I can actually search Google, mm -hmm. the search engine. It's able to actually analyze multiple websites mm -hmm. and build a response. But what I find really awesome, and I do this myself, mm -hmm. where I would actually search up uh, an interesting topic, and you would always give both sides of the argument. Mm -hmm. Like if I, if I say, uh, why are apples good for you? You'd be like, apples are great. They have this, this, and this compound. They, you know, doc, uh, apple, they duck their way, stuff mm -hmm. like that. But it's also going to be like, however, mm -hmm. be careful with consuming too much. Apple seeds have uh, have a small percentage of cyanide or something oh. like that. So to prevent bias, you provide both sides mm -hmm. of a story. Mm -hmm. That way, the person who's reading it mm -hmm. is able to make their own ideas and their own biases about what they learned, mm -hmm. which is actually very interesting to talk about. It's, it's a big thing that, uh, you're, you're definitely right, like how you said with, yeah. the, with the flower place, like if, uh, like let's say Google made Bard mm -hmm. and a company, uh, like a medical company was like, hey, we'll pay you. Mm -hmm. So every time someone mentions, uh, chest pain or or hard of breathing yeah you could tell them to prescribe our product yeah so if that like you can actually like hard code it to say certain things just like how you can safeguard to prevent yeah. it from saying bad things you can also change it to say yeah. things that you want others to prefer right yeah. that could benefit their companies and stuff like that so it's i did not know that yeah it's, it's really interesting and you have to be careful with mm -hmm. which one you use right because mm -hmm. like you said you can actually program some of these uh, APIs mm -hmm. so that they're, they would respond in a certain way. Mm. Like, have you seen, it's, it's funny, it's happening now, chat, chatbot friends or stuff like that? What? Or basically, like, there's sometimes paid services or, like, there's apps on the App Store where it's like... Oh, is it? It's like, like it's like, have a friend or, like, some of them will be... Have a girlfriend. Yeah, like, have a, have a chatbot have girlfriend. A girlfriend. <laughs> and, like, oh, are you kidding me? Oh, and, no. And, like, yeah, like you could make it like like oh I wanted I wanted to be shy mm. or or make her very uh, fun fun or yeah. reserved. So it's just like it's really interesting how you could definitely alter the way 
your chatbot response. Mm -hmm. So what we find is if the chatbot doesn't do it, yeah. just do it yourself, you know? Yeah. It's actually funny. I was I was searching up mm -hmm. uh <laughs> like yesterday night I was searching up uh young people who did interesting projects mm -hmm. at like a young age. Mm -hmm. And it was really funny. I came across this guy called um uh Esten LaChapelle. He's Chappelle? Chappelle, yeah. You don't know who Chappelle no. is? No. Oh. Esten LaChapelle. Oh, that's his name. Okay. He's he when he was 17, he was able to use open source uh tools mm -hmm. to 3D print a robotic arm. Like wow. like a prosthetic arm. Wow. And it's incredible like mm -hmm. how anyone has access to this information and they can do great things. But when I asked Bart about it, he told me about him, except the thing that he said about his project, he's like, oh, he actually helped uh, create like a special gel that collects it. I was like, hey, Bart, is this real? Mm -hmm. Like I searched it up and that did not exist. Like yeah. it was a hallucination. And then I asked Bart, I was like, I was like, Bart, is this, like, did that guy really do that? Like, mm -hmm. is he real? And he's like, listen, man, I just work yeah. here. I'm a large language model. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't help you with that. Mm. So it's important that just like a Damascus steel knife, mm -hmm. it's only as good as the skill and technique using it, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to over rely mm -hmm. on chatbots, understand you're going to get hallucinations sometimes, yeah, right? Because <laughs> right now it's still, a, it's still like... Even though it, it's advanced a lot, it's still at its early stages. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's only gonna get better. I and so you you believe? So so far you've mentioned misinformation is something that happens with AI tech, not with large language models specifically, because AI is a whole. It's it's a it's an yeah, umbrella it's, term. Yeah, it's a huge large thing. language models can have bias, misinformation. Is there anything else that could happen with? Absolutely. The, the, yeah. So algorithms. This is actually something that I learned a uh, yesterday in my class oh. for ethics of big data AI. Mm -hmm. Is algorithms are everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. You have algorithms in our streetlights. You have algorithms mm -hmm. in our welfare. You mm -hmm. have algorithms in our education, in law, mm -hmm. in all these things, healthcare. Mm -hmm. And we find that sometimes you'll find yourself with false positives mm -hmm. or false negatives and stuff like that where like for example uh people who apply for a job right mm. you get people you have like uh let, like let's say you have like an old-fashioned guy but he's really good at what he does and he writes his um his essay mm -hmm. for a job application you know like how how people used to back then mm -hmm. or like like a normal one mm -hmm. you would find that he has a lot less ability to actually get hired than someone who uses a bunch of spark words that the algorithm will pick up on because mm -hmm. it has to there is so much data mm -hmm. that it has to sit through an algorithm before it gets to the human because we're not able to mm -hmm. compute these things super efficiently like a lot of these companies get hundreds of resumes a day Millions. so to, yeah. to thin it out to thin it out they use algorithms to pick out special things and to find things that they're interested in so what you find is that if you know how to use the tool and you know the secrets behind the algorithm, you will find yourself a lot 
uh, you'll be able to use the tool better. Like, mm -hmm. it, uh, things will be a lot more efficient. You will get a lot more recognition. Like, if you if you were applying for a job, just mm -hmm. make sure that the things that you say you can actually do. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, yeah, I'm really good at Scratch and AI and uh, big data and yeah, like imagine <laughs> it's gonna be funny, right? Yeah, re I'm rewriting my resume soon. No. Oh my gosh, I have to make sure to include all those words. Oh no, uh, I mean, because you have to quote unquote feed the algorithm. It's, it's yeah, like a yeah. thing. It's like you have to cater to the bias of big company who created this product. And yeah. I think something that a lot of engineers. I feel like we forget that we do have a responsibility when we're building things, where we're protecting things, where we're making things. We have to make it in a way that we we don't have things like misinformation happen. But the only way to do that is if you're a creative. Yeah, yeah. having creative solutions. To creative things. solutions. So how can engineers who are responsible for creating these algorithms become more creative and have a be more creative in that process because I know you your idea of of getting all of those students together to create that rogue group and, <laughs> and, and have all the the recycling bins that that was an idea that was you had to be creative about that approach but I yeah. feel like that would be such a great benefit to engineers who want to find better solutions to create a more equitable more ethical AI technologies. So one thing that many people don't think about when mm -hmm. they're creating things or they think about it and they take advantage of mm -hmm. is cater towards your audience. Mm -hmm. Know who is using your your applications or your programs. Mm -hmm. And if you anticipate this, you'll be able to, and if you're smart about it, you'll be able to um, be creative enough to to uh, take out any future problems that might uh, have later on. Like for example, uh, engineers at YouTube mm -hmm. found that there was a, um, a big influx mm -hmm. of younger generations mm -hmm. using YouTube, especially like with all these tablet kids and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and so they decided to change or they made a separate program, YouTube Kids, mm -hmm. to cater towards their younger audience. Yeah. And this also came with a lot of good things because then it mm -hmm. also stopped other people from making mature content for kids. Oh, yeah, I remember and, that. And um, exposing them to things that aren't really good for your development. Yeah, so that's, it's really important to understand who, you, who are you catering toward. Mm -hmm. The next thing that you can do is, is to understand your limitations mm -hmm. this is a big thing mm -hmm. this is like a big reason why I love CS is because like remember how I brought up the the Game Boy from earlier yeah I did a little bit of research uh, not too long ago and I found out that these guys uh, at Nintendo coded these games using assembly and everyone in computer science oh my god is a very <laughs> not low assembly level coding language it's it's harsh for humans to read it's, it's difficult but the power of that mm -hmm. is that they were able to co fully control mm -hmm. all of the technology in that small handheld device mm -hmm. like it it's it was so funny because i actually held it in my hand not too long ago and you can feel that like it's so heavy but the chip inside is like <laughs> Is it's kind of small, you know, mm -hmm. like 
you have limitations on what you can work on. You can't use languages like Java or, or, or C++ because they have memory and stuff like that. You need more space in order to utilize these things. So what we find is that they had to use assembly to work within the limitations of their hardware. Mm -hmm. And because they, they did that, mm -hmm. not only did they make a foolproof product, mm -hmm. they also made incredible games yeah. that, that were just high quality and stuff like that. And so understanding your limitations will push you to work as much as you can and get the most that you can within those limitations. Yeah, it's like the limitations of that hardware help them be more creative into creating Exactly, because they don't have the liberty of having more space, mm -hmm. and they also had deadlines, so they couldn't have so much time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like you said, mm -hmm. with these limitations, they had to get more creative to make sure and to ensure that their product was good, because if, if it doesn't, it flops, and they just lost all that time and effort and mm -hmm. money. Why is it that people only want to make products for for profit? People don't look at how the 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 effects of having a product, like the negative side of things, and how that could affect that, like especially with AI right now. That's really interesting because, mm -hmm. in reality, mm -hmm. a lot of the small teams that work on these things mm -hmm. genuinely do want to make and build for the benefit of humanity. Mm -hmm. What we find is later on when these projects get caught by big tech companies, like, for example, WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. WhatsApp was its own uh, project until it got bought by Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then what we find is that when companies latch onto ideas, mm -hmm. of course, it's expensive to buy these projects. Now they got to get their bank for their bucks, so they mm -hmm. have to figure out a way to monetize it mm -hmm. or to, to sell you more products or, mm -hmm. or do something that kind of dulls the purpose of the projects in the first place. Mm -hmm. Here's a good example. Mm -hmm. TikTok, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea behind TikTok being you create videos with music in the background and you share them with other people, mm -hmm. you know, that originally was made with the idea of sharing funny videos with each other or interesting information. It's a form of media. So the, the concept of that kind of app or like social media is an old concept. It goes back to newspapers. Mm -hmm. But what we find is that now that they spent so much time developing these projects, they have to make their, their money's worth, right? Mm -hmm. So what they would do is they would show you a video and then underneath the video, they would have related products or mm -hmm. they would advertise you things based off of what you seem to like in the algorithm, mm -hmm. right? And so... What we find is that there needs to be a good balance mm -hmm. between being able to fund yourself mm -hmm. and sticking true to your what, values. Your values, yeah. exactly. So you said, get, what, so know your audience, know like, your audience, and then, know your and know your limitations. And the third thing. The third thing. Well, there's obviously a lot more, but these are ethics. things. These are things. Oh yeah, ethics. Okay. So there's a really good book mm -hmm. that I've been listening to a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's called Rationality by Steven Pinker. Mm -hmm. And he actually 
goes over a lot about technology and ethics and there like he has a he has a really nice chapter about it where he basically discusses how when technology is used rationally mm-hmm. it's able to push a lot of ethical values mm-hmm. for example uh technology like vaccines mm-hmm. gps mm-hmm. um communication like calling and messaging and stuff like that all of these things aren't oh maybe the vaccines but yeah. all these things don't actually directly you know give money to the companies right like for example uh google's google maps mm-hmm. doesn't have ads on it mm-hmm. it's a free software that you can use mm-hmm. and it was made for the pure benefit of humanity mm-hmm. right so it's extremely important to understand how ethics will not only force you or give you a limitation to make a good product but it'll also make a product that doesn't take advantage of people and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So this is actually something that we learned a lot in philosophy or ethics. There's a section called Kantian Ethics made by a philosopher called Kant. Mm -hmm. And one thing that he talks about is means and ends. Mm -hmm. And another rule that he uses to describe uh, morality you should never have people as a as a mere means. They should always be an end in of themselves, right? Mm. So, for example, vaccines are means to give immunity to people. Mm-hmm. The ends. GPS is a means to help people navigate the world. Once you start to conflict that using people as a mere means, you find yourself in a lot of dystopian novels, right? (laughs) (laughs) A really funny one is um, uh, Huxley's Brave New World. Mm -hmm. And in this book, he talks about, like, it's a dystopian world where they made, like, the perfect drug that doesn't have any side effects and it just gives you instant happiness. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's no side effects or nothing. You just get instant gratitude. And what he finds is that although these people can become instantly happy by, you know, like taking this perfect drug, they find themselves being enslaved by the people who provide it and, and like, the, the government that, that controls them through these drugs. Obviously, this dystopian was written in, like, the early 1900s uh and but it's it's not far off from real life right yeah (laughs) everyone had everyone's seen those those um like comics of like people looking down at their phone and they can't you know like they're running through traffic or whatever that's like a very real thing right yeah um the best example tiktok you know how many teens use TikTok, it's like 90, 90 something percent. There's, there's a big Christ. number of teens that use TikTok, and not only that, but some of these people abuse it. Yes. I'm talking five to seven hours on average. On average, on your phone. What could be on your phone that is so important that you have to do that? Unless if it's 
work for some of that. Even then, like, I can't even sit hunched over on my phone for five to seven hours. We find that apps like, let's say, Instagram or mm -hmm. TikTok or YouTube, especially YouTube reintroducing YouTube shorts, all of these things are trying to make that perfect drug, mm -hmm. right? You have these algorithms that constantly show you a feed of things that it knows you're going to like mm -hmm. and things that are like, wow, or things that make you angry or like emotions that are easily exploitable. Right. And what we find is that TikTok, Instagram, YouTube benefit by your watch time. They show you ads. They show you products that you can buy. They're using people as a mere means to gain revenue and profit. Now, this isn't always a bad thing because some companies or company models can't help but have people being used because people are always customers at the end of the day, right? Yeah. So, like, you need a way to tie in customers so that your company can stay afloat. Yeah. But if your company is just there to mentally enslave people by giving them a constant feed of, of dopamine, mm -hmm. uh, which is the same chemical for those who don't know, that is, um, it's called the addiction chemical, and it's the same chemical that you get from using drugs or mm -hmm. smoking cigarettes and stuff like that. It's an addictive chemical. People who gamble a lot, yeah, they they, they get a huge uh, uh, feed of, of dopamine. And so what we find is these apps are doing the same thing. They're making perfect drugs where if you don't like what you're looking at, all you got to do is scroll mm -hmm. and scroll. And it's it's passive content that you're just eating off of and getting into well, what they're showing you is an entire entire a, different can of worms yeah it's a, it's a whole roman empire but uh, yeah we don't have that much time for that <laughs> roman empire today so what, we, what we find is that it's it's so important to understand ethics mm -hmm. especially when you're building products as an engineer or if you're building a program or whatever it is because it's going to have real effects on, on the people on around you. you. Yeah, and especially if you if you are a large company, it's going to make an even bigger impact. Yeah, for example, back then we had channels like PBS Kids, right? Yes. Which would show you lots of fun little cartoons. It's something that kids would watch in the morning mm -hmm. before they go to school. Nowadays, they have Cocoa Melon. And oh, they're I've I've heard things about Cocoa Melon. Billions of videos, right? Mm -hmm. And what we find is that they try to make it as addictive as possible for these kids. They have oh a God. bunch of nursery rhymes. They have super vibrant colors. And what we find is that when you overstimulate your child with all these things, uh, there was actually research done that shows that uh, young kids who grew up watching too much Cocoa Melon actually had issues in their development of language and mm. communication because they're always talking in rhythm, right, in a song. So they would try and replicate that. Like the, the kids would start talking in, in mm. like rhythm. So obviously it's good for the company because it brings in a ton of money, but they lack what other shows had, like Dora the Explorer or or Art. I th when I thought that children were using, like, kids apps, I w I'm thinking back to when I was in elementary because they actually they used this program called Starfall, 
And the thing about Starfall is that it spells out letters for you. Like if you, you type in what your name is and then it goes, my name is, and then there's different sections of a game. There's a, a section, there's a game actually that, that, sh- that you have to match the sound of um, how a word s- sounds and then match it to the letter. So let's say the letter A, it'll show you the, the letter A and then it'll go, uh, and then it'll go, and it, it teaches you literally the f- um, phonics. I think that's what it's called. It teaches you phonics. It teaches you how to say your name. It, it teaches, um, it's like a reading game. When I think of a good product that's for good for kids, that's good for their development, I think of Starfall. I don't think of Coco Melon. Yeah, yeah, think about it. The yeah. purpose of Starfall was to teach children language mm-hmm. or teach them how to communicate or how to pronounce all this stuff. Coco Melon, their business model is grab as many kids to the screen. Yeah, we need money. Yeah, you know, and they and they they mass produce content that you can see. Like, dude, you know how easy it is. There's so many tools out there that mm-hmm. are used that use AI and algorithms that will they would make you videos, they would mm-hmm. edit your videos, mm-hmm. or they would produce content. Yeah, and it's just like copy paste, copy paste BS. It's like yes. they really switched from quality to quantity. Yes, and it's just we're feeding ourselves trash. Yes. You are what you eat. The YouTube algorithm now, it's all hustle bros and hustle bro culture. <laughs> That's literally my whole feed. I used to watch like, like. Back in the day, I used to watch vlogs of people, and people would tell their life and be more cinematic, and I loved that because I actually it actually helped me. But now all the kids are watching just hustle bros on TikTok, yeah, and on like, YouTube, like being being little sigmas, being and, little, and I'm like <laughs> sitting alone at the lunch the table so they can ponder because, their thoughts. Because it's it's the only type of content that gets the most views, and if you get more views, you get more ad ad space, and more ad space, money for YouTube. Like Mr. Beast, it's literally a just like a. It's a full numbers it's, game. And, and it's like, I used to watch videos that were like 30 minutes long that were not like the Mr. Beast videos that are now. It's like... Well, it, he does have long videos, yeah. but you notice that in his videos, he, there, there's a science to this. Mm-hmm. He designs it very intelligently, and a lot of people are catching on, a lot of uh, content creators. Even if the video is 30 minutes long, it's not like a 30-minute lecture. Or yeah. Mod, like it's, he breaks up... Like, for example, if he's doing, like, a 100-day challenge or whatever, he breaks up each section into... Uh, uh, game theorists did a video on this mm-hmm. uh, where he breaks up each section into, like, a minute and 22 seconds so that you see one challenge, and then after that minute and 22 seconds, it's not long enough for you to lose interest, and then you snap to a new topic or a new day or a new section. It's just like, wow. So, like, it's basically mocking the same... Mm-hmm. structure as these uh, uh, social media sites like Instagram and TikTok, right? Yeah. You watch a video for 20 to 50 seconds, scroll. Mm-hmm. What, 20 to 50 seconds, scroll. scroll. It's the same thing. And <laughs> so this is, this is coming yeah. back to ethics, right? Ethics, yeah. These things are pairing up with like psychologists so yeah. they can fully hijack their mind. Guys, so we understand icky. it makes you good, Bunny. But just think about who you're taking advantage of. You're taking advantage of people's time. You're taking advantage of people's ability to communicate in real life and create genuine connections with people. You're taking advantage of people's ability to spend because people have money and they have savings. But like, oh if you psychologically... Don't get me started on Timu. 
Oh, <laughs> I'm terrible. Tibu. Oh, have you thought of the TikTok shop? I hate that. Oh, yeah, that. TikTok shop. Yes, exactly. Those are not the things that you need in your app. Because I don't know what it is. I feel like... They show you something, a little... Uh, they see that you're into cosmetics. Mm-hmm. You watch a video where creators using lipstick. And mm-hmm. then right underneath the video or in the TikTok shop, you see that same exact lipstick. You don't ask yourself, do I need this? Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, that's cute. I like that. Yeah. Bye. Bye. You know, it's like a, you know, like a uh, $1 to $7. Bye. Bye. And then you keep going through the video and you buy and buy and buy. Bye. And then bye. you find bye. that you have bye. a huge bye. Bye. shopping list of little knickknacks <laughs> that are most likely going to just gather dust. Yes. You no, know, it's, it's, it's a... a things need, need to change. change. It's not to say that making money is bad. Making money is not bad. But making money... Take by taking advantage of people, I don't find that good. I wanna if In I'm this, gonna work yeah. for a company or if I'm gonna build a company, I wanna make sure that the values of where I'm going or or what I'm building is not to take advantage of people. Yeah, the, there there is ways that you can make money without having to ex- exploit exploit people. people. There is ways, like because I don't know, like. Yeah, it's the TikTok shop guy, talk comment, comment, bro. Like, don't. That's that's the whole thing. Yeah, and well, the reason why these there's so many engineers and so many good people out there who are generally building products. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, just ask ChatGPT or Bard. Mm -hmm. Ask about, hey, is there a company that's doing this, Mm -hmm. or is there someone who's doing this? Mm -hmm. And you'll find. Dude, there's tons of people that are working for good things. Mm-hmm. But now that computer science is such, uh, big tech is such an industry. It's, it's taking a, it's an the industry world in its itself. by storm. Yes. It's becoming so competitive that the only way to float is either by being funded by some big tech corporation that controls what you do, mm-hmm. or if you just you know, exploit others, right? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, the more people you capture, mm-hmm. the more revenue you get. And sometimes people use not so ethical means to get more people, right? Uh, uh, Technology is the fastest evolving thing in our lives right now. Mm-hmm. To the point where humans got to catch up. Mm-hmm. We got to catch up. Like, for example, communication, social media, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> We, we find uh, there, there's a few research studies done by Pew Research Center, Common Sense Media, and they find that a lot of people are, a lot of teens are getting their, are getting caught up on, on today's news from celebrities, personalities, and, and influencers off of these, their social media sites uh, in juxtaposition to uh, newsletters mm-hmm. that like older generations would mostly look into, right? And what we find is that this really opens up huge gates to misinformation mm-hmm. because, yeah, you know, people say news organizations are outdated and some of them are always like they always write for a certain agenda and stuff like that. And a lot of this stuff is true, but like, don't think that social media doesn't do that. Like, guys, mm-hmm. what's what's good about newsletters is that they always have a team behind it, right? Mm-hmm. And he, like, and uh, a person finds a story, mm-hmm. then someone writes it out, 
and then an editorial comes in and makes sure that it makes sense and it's not just like spewing out garbage. There are trends on the internet that people, like teens, are just like, oh my god, everything that they say is true. But it's just like it goes to show that people would rather just believe what they say mm-hmm. than actually, just give a quick search. Give yeah, quick than search. actually doing the research. Yeah. What what should we have technology for? The purpose of technology is to push moral progress, to give us more time and to make our work more efficient. Mm-hmm. To be uh, to be properly creative mm-hmm. and to be morally good, you have to cater to your audience. You have to work within and, and understand your limitations, and to always have ethics in mind. Mm-hmm. Never use people as a mere means. Yes, like things that are easily exploitable, like games or entertainment, could still be used mm-hmm. to do good things, mm-hmm. and with ethics and morals in mind could not only help out your company mm-hmm. but could also help out the people who are using it. Yeah. And I think that fine line between Money, like profit the, yeah, and profit and and actually helping people will it, it, like that's something that should be sought after. Yes, but it it's not like companies aren't perfect if you're building something. It's not it's not going to be perfect, but it's always good to have it in mind. Yeah. yeah, and always, always, like, that should be the end goal. Mm-hmm. Always try to approach that balance. Yes. That, that, that's something that we all need. Thank you so much, Daniel. Of course. This was such an insightful <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Forward Thinkers Show.